All right, here we go. Welcome back to HLTV Confirmed, <laughs> everybody. This is episode 13, and on tonight's episode, we will be covering all the minor close qualifier action. You've got Guardian playing with the 87-0 NIP legends. Uh, we've got all the league action for Flashpoint and ESL Pro League. And I'm going to ask you this question again, Prof. You can answer it a bit quicker this time. How would you define the time period of soon? Five minutes. Okay, that's good. And it was a much better answer this time around, much quicker. And Striker. Almost, almost sounds like he, he already answered it before. Yeah, who would have thought? Striker. Yeah. Did you get checked for coronavirus or are you still potentially a threat? I'm potentially a threat still. Okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, Lucas, the producer's here, obviously pressing the buttons, making sure there's no audio for you guys to be able to hear us. And waiting patiently is Kassad. Kassad, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? All right. So we'll, uh, we'll get stuck into this. For those who don't know, Kassad, coach of 100 Thieves, used to be coached them when they were Renegades, was on the team, was off the team for a little while, back on the team, working everything out with the boys. It seems to be good. And you're our guest for this evening. Now, Kassad, why is Aaron your favorite pl- member on the team? Uh, I would like to avoid that question. Because- <sighs> I always try with a loaded one straight away. Uh, we didn't, we didn't um, land with that one. We didn't, we didn't go what we're looking for there. Question all from the start. Like, yeah, I want to see what reaction. The whole show. But you're in America right now, right? You guys are uh, you, you're there for a couple of weeks until you head out for Pro League? Yeah, right now we are in, in LA in our compound. Actually, we have a really busy week before we get to Malta to a little boot camp before Pro League. Like I said, really busy week for us. Practice-wise, we have like our performance specialist, like a mental coach coming back to our team, the one that we had in Renegades. And he is now with us again. He's actually coming in today to do some work with us. And I think during this week as well. Besides that, we have a bunch of bunch of stuff that we are doing. Plus, we are practicing, preparing, and then we have a trip to Malta a week early to do a boot camp preparation for the pro league, obviously. And then we are going into it. And I have to make sure I leave uh, one of my 240 hertz monitors for you. Apparently, Gomez is uh, Gomez has asked me very nicely, so I have to hook that up before I leave on uh, on Friday. But uh, you just said your mental coach, right? The one that you had in in Renegades coming in to do some work with you uh, this week. Um, I, I think that's probably a good place to start because kicking off this year, you guys obviously went into an extended boot camp situation. And then when you played Blast, it was pretty average looking. And then when you started off uh, in, in uh, Katowice, it was, it was very slow as well. And a lot of that has been put up to, to the mental side of things. Do you want to elaborate on that anymore? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was, it was very average on, on, on Blast, but like you said... We I expected had... you guys to win because, you know, I, I, I expect the, the, the best. There were some close games. Like, <laughs> three, out, three out of four maps were, like, super close and we just dropped it. But like you said, we had a, we had a boot camp. Actually, we had some issues because we were supposed to be in Poland, but uh, we had some visa issues and some Schengen days being, like, over-exceeded. So we had to change the location, went back to Serbia, which wasn't, which was a good bootcamp, but it was like something new for us, and we like something that we were not used to, and we did a decent bootcamp, I guess, there, and then we went to London, and like you said, we played G2, and it was like super close games. I still remember that stupid round on thirteen thirteen, and Justin's PC froze up. Yep, and the good two guys like flanking, you know, and just walk past by him and he's just frozen and they just flank us 14 13 we are eco then we lose that map we had a full control of the second one as well lost it again it was like super close and then we had to eat one of these eg games you know that we don't like playing them that much i mean because that was a curse for us back then and it ended all like two defeats that's it but we went back to to boot camp again for like four or five days i think 
and everything seemed fine. You know, we worked hard. The, the hours were there. People were working individually. We were working as a team. We were practicing. Screams were decent, not the greatest, but decent. It looked all right. And then we entered that entered that match against G two in Kato, and that was a, <laughs> just a, it was a joke of a match. You know, we couldn't do anything. And I, I talked to Hunter after that, and I asked him like, well, "What the hell happened? Like from your side?" And he's like, "Yeah, don't even ask me. I don't know. Everything we did worked." I don't know. Everything is working. What we are doing now, it's it's all working. So we're just like, yeah, okay. And then we had, after that game, we had a, a little bit of a talk, like one of our famous talks, team talks that last for like four hours, every single time or more, where we like, like kind of said everything that we need to say, clear the air among players, you know, because that was like, the way I see it and the way we like kind of analyzed it is when you have communication problems, outside of the game and tension is building up about anything. It doesn't have to be anything like special or critical. It just to be, it can be just any small thing. The tension builds up, you know, and the communication suffers and then that kind of spills into the game. And then some rounds, somebody is not communicating properly and decisions are not being made properly. And that's why you end up losing rounds on 14, 13 or like seven, six or something. Some rounds where like need to win that round to just take over the momentum, you know, and we just kept losing because of that. And it, that is like the root of the problem that causes more problems in terms of like confidence, in terms of like discipline and everything is kind of connected. And then you end up losing 16-3, 16-2, you know? So you had to kind of stop it. We had to clear the air. We had to like talk to each other. It was like, um, it was a rough talk, you know? And everything needs to be said. And after that, it was, it was, it was fine because we did it before. Every now and then that happens. So we do it. All, like all, all over again and it, it works after that we played much different cs people were communicating much better like and you saw what happened after we beat mouse force we beat eg tailu and we ended up in the playoffs again close games against fanatic could have gone either way but we were happy that we managed to get our like juice back and our confidence back and people are doing they're doing usually on screams there is no like problems of like thinking like Oh, if I do this, I'm gonna ruin the round, and because they're not playing to, I'm not gonna play not to lose. And people want to play to win, you know. And then you need to do those things. So it was fixed, and now we are pre- feeling pretty, pretty good. Okay, so uh, I guess one of the questions I always wanted to ask was, or at least find out from your perspective, is if there's truth in this. One of the things that you guys obviously have, have done uh, within 2019 was elevate yourselves to be considered like a, a top tier team, right? Like an elite level team. And then defending that, um, is that something that you have to, to learn as well? Or is that something which, you know, you think is just something we say on the desk? Because it's something that I'd say on the desk, right? Like a team has to learn how to consistently be winners at that level. Is that something that y- you feel in the game? Yeah, I feel like that, first of all, you need to like the mindset for that kind of thing to elevate yourself. And that, that is where our, our mental coach comes in and us being open to each other and communicating better, being with better friends outside of the game and just doing things together and just like i said being open to each other it kind of it kind of helps growing as a team and just because of that you're, you're working harder you're growing as a team and then the results will show you know when you work hard the results will show and, and they did show for us okay well prof uh, prof's written now a little uh, i guess itinerary here prof you've put uh, is cs becoming more individualistic do you want to clarify the angle anymore yeah, just I think it's just like a meta discussion because, and also kind of interesting, just because of hundred thieves and the roster they have, which isn't one of the most more stacked rosters. I think if you if you look at it objectively among the top ten, like Navi is stocking stocking in just 
pure firepower, liquid, EG, all of these, all of these teams. So from your perspective, do you think it's, it's becoming a little bit more individualistic on a, like a, on a whole scale, uh, CS right now? No, I don't think so. I think, um, there is some element to it, obviously. Individual, like strong individual players, they can win you games, right? They can win you some tournaments, like Simple did, you know, just now. And, but at the bigger picture, I think it's it's kind of not consistent because individual can show up and have a bad day, you know, and then what you're gonna do? I, I just say I just think it's not consistent at all. I think that the the in the bigger picture, the more efficient, more consistent, and more successful recipe is teamwork. Simple as that. Like you have Astralis, best team of all time. They don't have any crazy super sharp superstars, right? You agree? I mean, uh, they have good players, definitely. You put like, but but not on the level probably of of, of maybe even Navi now, nowadays. Simple Zayu, Nico, players like that. But they have great players and they have great teamwork. And I think that's the that's the recipe to become a successful team. I mean, like I said, individual thing, it's, 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 it's an element. It can help, right? Win you something. But to become a top, consistent top tier team, top one team like Astralis is, I think that the, 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 the element of teamwork and all that is, is much more important. When we're talking about that, I can just like add on. You, you mentioned Zaiwu and back like I think a month or two ago, there was a, like a post on Reddit and a friend actually found the same thing and linked it to me like a week before it popped up on Reddit about Gratis Faction having like better stats than Zaiwu and in all of the matches between like Vitality and 100 Thieves or Renegades. So what is your kind of approach to matches like that when you have have a Zaiwu on the other side because you have been able to, to shut down a player like yeah. that. We are not really, when we face Vitality, we don't really look to shut down Zaiwu. It's not our main concern. We just, like, we discuss it every time. Zaiwu is going to have his kills. Zaiwu is going to get his 1v3 rounds. 1v2s. One, he's going to have his numbers. I, we don't overthink that, right? We just count on that. That's going to happen. We just stick to our game plan. We find their weaknesses in their game. We Sometimes we focus on our strengths. Depends like on the maps, on the you know the current state of, of of both teams. But we just follow the game plan, follow the process, prepare, and we just go. And if Zaiwu drops 30, 35, 40, it it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes he's not gonna drop that. He's gonna drop 20, and our plan is gonna work anyway. So we're just gonna win. So we are not focusing on individual, not every single time, unless like is there is some sort of a weakness of an individual, like he's like easy to read he's wasting his nades he's overly rotating to some positions and he's using like sim like similar spots all the time in a 4v4s 5v4s 4v4 it doesn't matter like if he spots something like that that's something he's going to exploit right but we don't focus like how to shut down zaibu because that's a that's a elite level player right you cannot shut him down because he's going to find his space to get his numbers and shutting him down would be just a waste of time Okay, so I think this is probably a good little transition we can make right now to uh, your overall coaching style, right? And and where I would like to start, and this is always a difficult one, is when you started coaching, right? Like, what what were your expectations, and how kind of how has that transitioned, and how have you changed as a coach over these years? Oof, when I started, uh, I mean that was back in 2013. I still remember that event. It was like Starlighter Finals with Navi and Polish guys. Uh, they called again, and it was us, me, Nico, and a couple of Ser Serbians as well, Emi, 
let me there playing now for contact and that's that's when it all started and i didn't have headsets back then i was just yelling behind them just trying to call out things like it was like super but transitioning from playing to coaching it was really easy because i always knew like that i i'm, I'm gonna be good at it i'm gonna be good at coaching people i'm gonna be good at like this strategic like organizing structuring like things you know and it was easy and i love doing it i don't miss playing at all i just love doing my job and i just enjoy it every single time can i just ask because like obviously you went back to to the start you also coached the the the, <clears throat> the indian team back in Cologne, 2014 wolf, wolf yeah. yeah exactly uh it was uh yeah i wonder it. how do you look back at that ex like experience because at the time you weren't really established or anything you know you just had that had that opportunity you know had a month with them or something so yeah. how was that how was that experience Oh uh, yeah, it was it's pretty funny, like because the guys like Peter from from your guy, Mitchell TV Peter, uh he just uh, messaged me, he's like, Yeah, these guys from India, they're gonna give a spot here and they're looking for a coach, we want me to recommend you. And I was like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, why more? I mean, why not? And I got a call from the guy from India saying that it was like a Thursday or something, and he's like, Yeah, they wanna come here, we we cannot really pay you, you know. But, you know, if you want to come here, we're going to have a slot and you're going to be with us for, for a week and then we're going off to Germany. And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't have, I, I wouldn't even ask for money. I'll just like, cover my expenses, like the flight and the accommodation and everything. And I, I just looked at it as a learning experience because I really wanted to do it, you know. And it's the major. You want to be at the major, right? And I go there and I was asking, like, when do I need to come? He's like, yeah, can you be there Tuesday? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, yeah, we need you as fast as possible. So I did my visa pretty fast. It wasn't really Tuesday, so I ended up like next week or something. And I went there, there's a, there a bunch of nice guys, you know. The, the Indian guys were like super nice, super friendly people. And we spent like a week trying to practice. It was like uh, not, not really the best setup that we could ever get, you know. It was like early 2014, what is it? And it's India as well. And the setup wasn't really good. We did some work and then we went, went back to Germany. And we, we were set up in this Airbnb somewhere in, in Cologne. And then we played a decent, we played all right, I guess, one or two. We, we, we faced an IP, yeah. I think. I think you won like all pistols or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we won pistols in a few rounds. And that's, that's, that's it. And then we played against Hellraisers, I think. And we were like up 5 1. And then we ended up losing 16 6 or something. But it was a really good experience <laughs> for me. And uh, when I look back, it was, like, it was like a learning experience, like really, really, really good one. Okay, so uh, what we can do now, I suppose, we can start looking uh, towards 2020 as a year and like what you want to kind of achieve, whether it's with this team or any team or whatever, like what, what's the outlook looking like for uh, Kassad? Uh This team, obviously, 2019 was like a, like a year where we made the next step, right? We were always a team that was considered like, eh, they can like, do something, you know, talented players, whatnot. And then in 2009, we started putting in the real work. We had a real process going on, real system, real structure going on. Everything was fine. And then we made the next step. And then after we switched from Renegades to 100 Thieves, right now on doing this, we are looking to, to go for the next step, you know, and which is like winning trophies, obviously. That's, that's the next goal for all of us, me personally, and, and for the rest of the team. So we want not want to be the teams that get into the playoffs, you know, and just satisfy themselves with that. We just want to go teams that's going to be fighting for the titles, and that's pretty much the 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 goal for 2020. 
Okay. Uh, Striker Prof, you got anything you want to chime in with here? Um, I wanted to ask, you know, back um, from the coaching style or, or whatever, I think that ties into that. Because obviously, apart from results or whatever people say about their coaches, it's really hard for anybody outside of the circle really to recognize good coaches or like try to find out how good of a, how good a coach is. So is there something that we can pay pay more attention to or what do you think even makes a makes a good coach? I don't know. It's it's so weird. That's a weird question because like none of the none of the coaches didn't nobody went to school to be a coach, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're a professional coach in any kind of sport you go to school, they educate you, then you know everything is there, right? But in the esports, you just you're just a player. I was like, you have some knowledge and something. Okay, you're gonna be a coach. It, it's not. It's not only about like having strats. You need to understand how people learn because not everyone is gonna learn the same way. Somebody's gonna learn by reading from a paper. Somebody's gonna learn with some tough love or something like that. Somebody needs to be like sat down and work one on one or something like that. You know. So you need to figure those things out to to like to to understand how how your players are going to learn things and how are they going to be better because you cannot use every single same method on every single player it's just not going to work so that's like the main thing to like develop a coach if you if you want to if you want to do it you know i asked why okay this uh, last well whenever we had him i don't know if it's two shows ago um and it was just when you started, you know, and comparing to now, was there some like big learning that you did, like didn't expect to get, or some something that you didn't really expect was going to be a part of the job um, that you like are like have now? Uh, not really. The main thing for me during the years I grew up as um, learn like knowing all these people and having this like situations and adventures and like experiences. I I, I grew as a person, you know. And I become much calmer. I become like more understanding. I try to like look at the bigger picture and I not react like instantly. Try to think through things as a coach because coach needs to be a person like that. You need to think through and uh, everything. And just during the issue, you, you kind of grow. And that's the, that was the main thing for me. I, I don't I don't know how else to explain it. There was nothing like major. It's just you're growing. Okay. With, uh, well, with he was player. he was mentioning like like the the concept of con confidence in general, like how important that is. Like that was a kind of a surprise to him. So I guess, yeah, I was just like looking for anything like that. I mean, confidence is, is yeah, I agree with him. Confidence is a big deal, but it comes from many different things. Like, like I said, the, the root of everything for me is uh, obviously the, the chemistry between the players needs to be like, right. But the communication part needs to be on point. That's the root of everything, right? If you talk, if you're open to each other, if you're like not afraid to re receive the constructive criticism or any kind of anything basically if you're not ready to talk to your teammates to your coaches and that, that's you're never going to make progress but if you if you get that done everything else will, will fall in line confidence like everything else it just starts everything from communication between the players between the players and the coaches between the teams and the orgs everything starts from there okay i i have one question from uh from a fan uh has yeah yeah the boys in his username so obviously <laughs> like a fan he asked, like, uh, talking about the longevity of the current lineup, because you're, like, the third longest standing roster right now in the top 30. Uh, how many instances were potential roster changes on the table, if any at all, and how did you ultimately overcome them within the team? Obviously, you touched a bit on that, on the talks that you had, but at the same time, it's, like, referring to the slump in, like, mid-2019 and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought you were the second longest. Line, like longest standing lineup. Fours, uh, no, as fours and um, fours is like a month longer, okay. I think. 
All right, all right. So basically, I got this question a lot, you know, and during the crisis in the 2019, uh, there was not a single discussion about player changing. Not a single one. Because during that, that moment, that, that period from like May till July or something, where we sucked, simple as that, we just didn't play well. And we knew that was the reason because we were like, we're on the upward trajectory, we're like, you know, playing really good. And then the visa issues hit us. Sean is really important in the structure of our game, you know, and what he does for the, for the, for the team is really important for the other people to actually do their thing, you know, in the whole like system of things. And it really hit us really hard because we just were forced to like to scramble and improvise. And then we had Owen, Muya there and all the, 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 everything was like upside down in just a short matter of time. And we understood it completely. We had, like I said, we had our mental coach with us back then, and it was easy to understand the problem. You know, there was no like, oh, okay, we are, we suck. Who do we kick or something like that? That is not a single topic, not a single word was said about it. What about from the outside though? Like somebody asking for somebody like JKS, was that a, was that a factor? I was trying, you mean if somebody like tried to buy somebody yeah, out? Exactly. Oh, let me remember. Or you maybe. Or you, yeah, exactly. Coach. I'm trying to remember, but I don't think so because I, I get this like a lot because every time like people come to me and they say like, oh guys, you you look like a real team, you look like a real unit, you like you always stick together, and and that's something that's like really like makes me feel like really happy when people come come and, and tell me that you know because that's that's what we are going for, and I don't think anybody went for any of the players at at that period at all. Actually, I'm hundred percent sure. Okay, it's interesting. All right. Maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Maybe I'm forgetting, but I'm pretty sure. Let's say 99%. <laughs> Boys, you got any more, any more questions for, for Kassad on the hot seat? Fuck, we need to rename this stuff, don't we? Yeah. It's, at least it's not hot chair anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> no, that, that... we're going we're gonna to finish up with this, and we're going to move on to recent news. So hit it, Lucas. All right, we're back. We're going to dive into some stuff. And this is where I tend to get very ranty. And I just swore, I just said uh, that I said fudge. So I want someone to to tally the amount of uh, F-bombs I drop and, and C-words here. I'm We're trying literally to, getting I'm trying demonetized to turn, on YouTube because of Chad. I, I'm trying All to turn down. All of these like down. $5 that we earned are now being lost. So yeah, I'll try to swear less. We'll see what happens. It's probably not going to happen. If someone count them. We need a counter every episode. But anyway, we're going to get into the news uh or the recent news now we've got these buttons kassad lucas would have linked them in Teamspeak. i believe yours would be the bottom button the very last button there and yeah. i'm going to present some scenarios here and you're either going to thumbs up to agree or thumbs down to disagree and we'll do a bit of a discussion from there. The yeah click on that link in Teamspeak, and then there'll be two thumbs for you mate yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so let me take you all to a world. We're going to go to a world where Danish Counter-Strike, they're constantly producing all of these individuals who are well-groomed players. They know how to play the video game on a high level as a team. You know, they're not just running around headshotting people. They're not just playing pug-style Counter-Strike. They're actually understanding the fundamentals. Then you have this guy. His name's Hunden, and he's been doing this shit for years, and he constantly gets all these players come through, and he teaches them how to be good, but his organization doesn't have any money. So everyone comes in and they fucking take all these players and poor Hunden is fucked. And he's like looking at himself in the mirror and he's thinking, fuck my life. And then Hunden eventually has someone who comes and he believes in him. And they give Hunden all this money and they say, Hunden, we love what you're doing. We love your team. This progression is fantastic. 
So then they start paying him this big salary. And then all these other teams who are now like minnows compared to these fucking lions, they're fucking looking around and they're going, well, we can't take this cunt's players anymore. So then Honda makes this team top 15 in the world or some shit. And then they go and they get rid of him. Now, there's two stories that happened here. One is it came out in dribs and drabs that this was a Hunden decision, that he was burnt out, that there's all this shit, right? There's that one. Now, if you believe that one, you can you can believe the world is probably flat too. Then there's this other option, which is most likely the one that Stryker theorized at one point, that they were eventually going to have to replace him anyway if they wanted to be a better team. Now, which one of these two scenarios do we think is more likely? Thumbs up for the first scenario of, uh, of, of him being burnt out and wanting to stop playing. Thumbs down if you think Hunden got that motherfucking knife held up to his throat and they said, listen, motherfucker, you're going out. I've, I've I never, swore a lot. I've never hit the button like faster <laughs> than I did just now. All right. What do you reckon, Kassad? You reckon, you reckon he jumped or you reckon he was pushed? Uh, I don't think he was like backstab or something. So I get to... I want to add a little bit of creative think, flair here. But okay. I, I, it seems pretty odd, right? It seems pretty weird because, like, you got this team to, like, they're playing the close qualifier for the minor, right? And then there's the minor. They're a decent team. You said top 15. They got into top 15. They're playing good. They qualify for the most stacked event in years, which is Kato, right? They didn't have the greatest results there, but it's fine, right? They qualified. They're in the team that are playing, that's playing good, you know? Even when we screamed them, they played really good against us, you know, which was a surprise to us. And we gained some respect towards them. And they were like, I, I, it just seems odd that he just said that he's burnt out and he wants to like quit just before the. Whole, there's whole just fight. no fucking way that's the whole story, right? Even if it's, it's true, it's like there's no way. Up for me there. Obviously, we don't have a clue what the hell is going on inside, right? So we can just. Yes, here. Speculate, but, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but like I said, it seemed like something doesn't add up in that in that in that whole thing, because if I'm Hunden, I mean, why wouldn't you like if you're burnt out? Let's say that's that's the story, right? He's burnt out. He feels like he cannot do it anymore, whatever. And why don't you just gather up whatever fuel that you got left, right? You know, whatever energy do you have left? Like, because you got this team to where it is. You got these players from God knows where. You know, they they became good players. They they qualify for this and that. Why wouldn't you just stay for the major cycle? You know, instead they dropped out and they they have no chance to play it on the major. Like, and that that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why why wouldn't you do that? Like, why don't you just play, try to get there, finish the major cycle, and then you can say, okay, I'm done, I can't do this anymore, I'm burnt out, I'm going to be in another role, and then transition slowly into a new IGL that you trust, if you're going to be in the management, right, if you're going to be like a GM type of thing, you slowly transition into something that you can find an IGL that can you can, you know, put in that team, because obviously Handan is a person who is capable of finding good players. He doesn't like randomly pick players from whatever region and of Denmark, you know. He just he knows how to pick them, right? And why wouldn't you just play this out and play this first season of Flashpoint or yeah? And then after that transition into the into the new era of that team, you know. I, I would do that. 
So I agree Strike, hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah. So Striker, you were you're obviously you both just said that you agree this is a super weird situation. But for for the for the means of discussion here, did you read all the stuff that came out from the Mad Lions camp regarding? Well, it was there this? was not much to to come out to be honest. Like there was like one of the one of the tweets that Bubsky put out was just immediately deleted, which is basically what makes this so awkward, right? Because he said it was the team's decision. But then obviously Hunden comes out to to say that it was like he was burnt out and it was course, already like, like in talks with management. Yeah, exactly. Hours later, after like the whole scene is literally just like what the trash fuck yeah. at the organization. And yeah, like honestly, trash. honestly, it's just all. Yeah, I have no idea. It just doesn't also, make sense. It doesn't add up. The Asilian decision to come in and an IGL seems a bit rushed to me because he was playing with contact. He was released from Copenhagen Flames. Yeah. He, I don't think he, he was. was like, I think he was benched at the at the time, like or something. He just benched, benched himself, left. whatever. He benched himself doesn't really matter. He left that team. He's not in that team, right? Yep. He goes into contact and he plays what what two weeks practice with them, something like that. Yeah, so that's what I know. I mean, even the Neil coach of contact said it, and then all of a sudden he's like in in that team. You know, it seems like pretty rushed to get the new IG. I don't know. I I, I would do it. I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't go through a long trial or anything like that no way. it's no. literally he probably if he played one map with the team i'd be surprised honestly yeah and especially know. like if it's somebody who sorry it's somebody who hasn't even played on a top 15 team in like fucking i don't know three four years or something like that like I mean, he hasn't been he around run. for a while played in heroic i know him and peacemaker were in heroic back in 2000 and yeah but that version of heroic actually wasn't that great but they beat us in Thailand, I remember, in semifinals. They were all right. They were not. They were not sure. bad, you know. They were but not it's not. It wasn't a team that was attacking like a top ten position, you know, at the time. Like it's not at not where Mad Lions are now, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But like it, for me, it just seemed all the way like rushed a little bit, and not like the, there was no process to it. I think it was just like decision has been made, and we go. And the only thing that I'm just I don't understand is like dropping them them the major potential you know because yeah. for me in that lineup if they like like discussed again this comes down to communication if they discussed okay this is the problem with me i'm hunting this is my problem the team has the different problems let's discuss it let's see what's the best solution is like instead of like okay i'm quitting goodbye see you, see you later you know it's just I, it seems so so such a such a waste of, of of potential to just be at the major i think they were like an actual contender to be in the first stage of the major you know, even there is like Fnatic is there and NIP is there and Dignitas is there. I don't even know who else, but it's just complexity. And I think they can beat three or four out of these teams on, on a good day, you know, because they show complexity wouldn't be there if they didn't pull out. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they showed that they, they can compete, you know, not on the top 10 level or top five or something, but they can beat teams, you know, it's just and a shame to me. Yeah, one of the problems I have as well is uh, the other four individuals on the team aren't extremely experienced, right? So now what you're doing is you're taking out the one guy who is experienced at least, you know, with in-game leading. Now you're going to put all these rookies in matches where they're not going to feel comfortable with another guy who, as Striker just mentioned, hasn't been playing on the top level. I think what we should do now, obviously the decision for Hunden to, to leave the roster or be kicked, that's happened, right? And we all have speculated on the side that we don't have the full story and it seems a little bit suspect, right? I think that's probably where we all land. But let's look at Asilian replacing Hunden. So we got those thumbs again, boys. Do we think that the team is going to be better or worse? So thumbs up if you think they're going to be better. Thumbs down if you think they're going to be worse. I think uh, Prof and I are looking at the same. And, um, and there we the, go. On the delay, let me so see. So 
yeah, we all we all think they're going to be worse. So, Kassad, why do you think that they'll be worse with Asilian? Is it him coming in or is it the team falling apart? What do you think it'll be? I don't think the team is going to fall apart. Those are young kids, like, full of, like, desire to compete, you know? And they're all talented, they're skilled and everything. There's also a question of Peacemaker there. He's their coach, right? And then he has a lot of experience, right? And... He can help with with, uh, with all all those transition, but I'm just I'm just not sure if they can replace Handen because I feel like the, he was like the the team the, the person who got them all together and who got the all all the things going. Obviously, again we are guessing, but it it seemed like that to me, you know. And I I feel like that that team needed a little bit more time with him before they replace him, you know. Okay. So you think it was inevitable that they would have to replace him at some at, point? At some point, I feel like yes, but I think this was not the right moment. I hundred percent okay. agree. I hundred percent agree with the fact that they should have. They sh should have. Well, they should have replaced him at some point. You know, just because obviously, like we've seen that happen before, where just like in game leaders who don't put out the numbers, or even just any kind of player who doesn't put out like decent enough numbers, which obviously Hunden, you know, on top ten, on a top ten level, it's not going to be enough. For him to drop below like 0.8 rating tournament wise every single time it just doesn't work we've we've had that proven basically so at, at at eventually he would have to go out i personally i'm i was of the opinion that if that's gonna happen then i feel like just get it over with now but considering like how you said like how rushed it was and, and in what kind of scenario i definitely agree that this wasn't the time it has to be a process of doing these things because if you want yeah. to be a serious team serious contender which their players can be good. The Opera Acre, right? Is, is, is that his name? Yep. He's yeah. great. Yeah. He's pretty decent, right? And uh, like I said, it's, it, was, it was for me, if I was like a GM or something, that should have been a, a process to do it, right? Not just, okay, I'm done. See you later, guys. Catch you later. And then find another player who is like first one available. You know, it should have been like a, like a long term type of thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Pro, you got anything more on this um, one? Uh, I, uh, a lot, I guess. I think okay. one of the Maybe. things that that is worth mentioning, the way how I saw it develop, why is Striker in the dark? So uh, because I, my light just went out for some reason. Classic, okay, classic Czech Republic. I'll, no exactly. electricity. Uh, the, I, I think <laughs> Madlands really just tried to PR their way out of being the next ends, which after the first day, they just asked Hunden to come out and say some shit, which probably wasn't true or if it was true it was like a, to a small degree true and wasn't the whole story but i think they really just didn't want to end up being being like i don't know uh, pitchforked as as ends did after the alexi b removal so maybe good on their pr department but the the department that does the the changes i, I think doesn't make any sense like short term they definitely will not be better no way they they are or even on the same level they are so and they're getting into this like super busy period with with flashpoint and even gave up a minor spot which is just i don't know i don't even know how to define that that was like purely just a bad decision uh what Kassad said their top 12 team in the world that was that was war there for the taking and just finishing it off with hunden overall like if that guy ever, like, he definitely deserved a shot, like, at the top level. He got one event and got, like, sent off. And that is super sad because he will never have a chance like this again. It's, it's done. It's literally done. So the, the whole story about him, him being burned out, I do not buy it 
at all. Like he, you don't get to that after ten years of playing CS. You get to the top level the first time ever, and you're like, ah, yeah, but this isn't for me. I'm gonna quit. That that does not make any sense. So fuck it. Well, uh, we can actually transition from this one to another player who uh, quit because they were burned on out. We're going to move forward to another situation, ladies and gentlemen, and a team that we've been talking about a lot on the show recently. Uh, we had a member on Apex, I believe, this year from Vitality, uh, and we were discussing the team and what we would be expecting on them in 2020. I don't think any of us expected a roster change to come this early. I don't think any of us expected it to be Alex choosing to step down. Now, this one didn't come with the blurriness, the murkiness. There wasn't any tweets coming out from like teammates saying contradictory statements. This was Alex coming out and saying, hey... I've, I've had enough um, and I'm done. And that I think was a surprise because we were just doing the show the night before, I think it was. And we were all talking about how the, t- the, the players on that team who weren't replaceable were Zaiwu and Alex, right? That's, that's what we said. That was kind of the sentiment being echoed. Prof, yeah, at, at the same time, me and Stryker did know, like Stryker did tell me literally yeah. two hours before the show. It's like, oh, this is probably going to happen. I'm like, I don't believe you. You're talking shit. This doesn't make any sense. But then... He really reassured me, like, it's going to happen. And then we go into the show. Obviously, I can't talk about it. I can't, like, leak other people's leaks, right, like, uh, live on the show. So I was just trying to hypothesize. And definitely, like, that is the player you don't want to lose out of all the players. So it did really, like, a lot of people are commenting on the the bot, like, haha, funny about Alex. You, You said... He should not ever be replaced, but it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I said it anyway because it's just like the the opinion that would be if I didn't know what was going on. So it's just like, what if I, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to talk about this situation? Just, I have that uh, happen a lot, boys. It's not much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, great. Yeah. It's not great to be in the know, to be honest. And having this is to... a very extreme uh, like version of that, though. Yeah. So. I think what we should do here, get with the thumbs again, is identify if we think that this team, Vitality, mm-hmm. right? Because now they've added this kid. Uh, the kid they've added is, I'm going to butcher how to pronounce his name. I'm terrible with pronunciation. I think it's just Misuta. Misuta? Misuta? Misuta. Now, he had a whole bunch of clips playing some pugs and shit, and then he got into FPL, I think, or FPLC or something like that. And he's a 17-year-old kid. He hasn't played at the top level. Uh, he's just been picked on up as uh, hopefully the next prodigy. I guess that's what they're banking on. And if I remember, if I was reading things rightly, who is Apex going to take over in-game leadership? Uh, yeah. That's what we've heard, yeah. Okay, so with the thumbs, do we think this team is going to be better or worse than where they uh, were previously? You need to find I mean, like better like, questions. Yeah, because at this year, point, at which year, point? This year, this year. Well, this we don't year. know, right? Because like, but that's okay. the thing, right? Alex. Like they've removed their in-game leader, and Apex, let's say Apex is now doing it. Do we think that this team, like where they are right now, choose where they're ranked right now, which is tenth in the world? Are they going to be better than that by the end of this year? Or are they going to be worse than that? Okay, I'm. Uh... There we go. There's okay. better. I mean, I, I've redefined I... it for you. Yeah, I'm gonna avoid. Okay, fair enough. Is, I, am I? Is it mandatory to click or? Uh, well, you don't all... have to. You can just tell us what your opinion. You have, you have to click. People in chat were upset the last time. They're yeah. like, please click. I, I I don't know because like the the decision from Alex I understand it I completely understand it I don't agree with it but I understand it completely because you need to understand the fact that like when you play CS on a high level you know CS takes so much from you so much energy so much energy it just takes it from you and uh, sometimes it it gives back sometimes it doesn't give back enough and 
you sacri- you're not sacrificing, you're investing a lot of time, you're sacrificing lots of relationship, relationships, and it's like, it, it's getting to you. So the decision for him to like, be, like to step down because he's tired, he's burned, I, I can understand it because it happened to many people. I don't agree with it because I think it can be solved in any different ways, but he's a really important player. Or he was the important player for Vitality. He was at IGL. He was doing the job really good. And I think it could it could be solved. And I, I think he was he was um, he rushed into it a little bit. Maybe obviously we don't know exactly what's going on inside the team for the past couple of months. But it possibly can be a mistake because I'm going to give you an example of Jacob, who told me multiple times when he uh, went uh, and he was like he left phase that he regretted it because like once you once you like leave the scene and you're off for like a few months people tend to forget you you know you just fell out you're just you just fall out you know and he was he's he said to me multiple times that he's like super grateful that he got a second chance to actually compete on the on a higher level uh, in alex's favor he speaks english really good and he's the igl so i guess he can find his spot very really relatively fast right in any of the teams but I uh, I don't really agree with the decision that he made. Obviously, I don't know his mindset, right, and state of mind, and what kind of place it in he he's in his like head, or what kind of place, what kind of environment is in the team, or what's going on there. But uh, it it feels a little bit rushed. I think maybe he maybe regretted, maybe not. I don't know. But I think there were like ways to solve his problems. You know, being burnt out, in and then still being able to compete at the highest level. To be honest, I mean, it, for, to me, it kind of almost looked a little bit premeditated just because in the announcement he was kind of talking about, or in like a tweet longer that he posted right after the announcement, he was talking about, you know, try to cut down on the travel days and that actually not happening because of, you know, EPL and them coming into Blast Premier as a partner team, which obviously gives them more obligations and it's not going to be able to um, to cut down on the, on the travel schedule. So it seemed like something at least he was he has been considering for a while, like from like late last year before these plans even came through. That's fine, you know. If you're playing too many tournaments, just get somebody to sacrifice a tournament or two, you know. Just get somebody to play instead of you. Just help your IGL to recover from the stress that he's having. Yeah. You know, being overwhelmed with like all these expectations, pressures, and like people expecting them to do this and this. Help him out, you know, talk to him, help him out, try to find a solution before he gets into the point where he says like all right, guys, I can't do this shit anymore. I have to quit. And then he quits, you know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely begs the question if, like, the organization is better off now without their in-game leader and second most important part from, like, our perspective at least, or them just deciding to skip a few tournaments or not play some some things that they decided to play. Like, that is, in the end, the organizational decision, and they decided kind of against their in-game leader, right? Look, if if he's like half in, half out, it's better he's out, right? But like, I, I get what Kassad's saying in the sense of if he needed just a break, it probably could have been managed, right? It's a, it's a yeah. big organization. They definitely could have managed a break. But from from a personal perspective, if he's just not feeling it, like if, if you're not feeling it as an individual, then you may as well get the fuck out. But because a lot of these people are so young, then that's when that part of what Kassab was saying really comes into play is regretting that decision because once you pull the trigger on it and once all these things are in motion, especially now with all the money and the contracts and this and the that, like you are done. Like that, yeah. that, that that's it, right? It so 
yeah. sorry, you have to be like seeing that, like as a somebody from the org, your player is getting burnt out. Surely it shows in the way he talks, in the way he practices, in the way he's like, you know, himself. You know, you you can just prevent it early and say, hey, how are you feeling? You know, is it are you is everything all right with you? You seemed a little bit, you know, just out of your normal state. You know, is there anything that we can do to help you? And that can be prevented early on. And it comes to the point where he's like already, I say, yeah, fuck it, fuck this, I'm just going to play this tournament and leave. You know, at that point, you just have to let him go, right? Uh, but I said it could be prevented early on, if you like, if you spot it early on. But that, that I'm just afraid that he he made like a wrong decision. Just for I'm just talking about him, not Vitality team. Sure. Yeah. Like a wrong decision. I, I because mean, he's a good player. Obviously, he did good things for that team, you know, they had great results. You know, they and he is obviously giving up a legend spot in the major, you know, major cycle. So it's like there's multiple aspects of, of that decision that's like kind of boring for me. Ish. So, Prof, if you had to theorize looking at, at uh, the future for this Vitality roster as you see it now, what do you see on the horizon? You see like roster struggles, you see them bombing out of events, do you see them doing well? Do you see this kid bit like having good mentorship? What do you, what do you see? I mean, for him, uh, from from what we heard, he was kind of on the radar for Vitality either anyway. So, and for G2 at some points in the past as well. So he was someone that was going to get a shot sooner or later. This might be the, the sooner that, sooner than is ideal for him. So it, it's kind of a sink or swim moment, I guess. He might just skip a year of, of development and be like a, like a ROPS or something like that, that just like goes into pro play and really, really shows it and then has more time to develop further, which could be a good thing for him. But on the, but realistically looking at Vitality now, in one way, I think it's good for them because now they lose a lot of pressure that they had before with this lineup because people will be, okay, now we lost our lost our in-game leader. It's going to be like hard. So we're just going to start taking like every victory, every, like every match one is like a big victory for them when uh, two months ago it would be like we need to win titles all the time right so from that perspective i think it will help them a bit but obviously the results will not be that good it, it's no there there's no way to see like even apex has he was he was a secondary caller for almost all of the french teams he was in and he was adding into that but being the secondary caller and being the primary caller big difference as alu has learned in ents and uh, other teams in the past so that's going to be a big, big issue. The firepower and RPK shocks. Then all, all you have is all you have is Iwu, right? And that will win you games still. And that's going to be it. And see what this Misuta kid can uh, can bring in. Do you think there'll be another power struggle striker? You think you know the in-game leadership yeah. will go from shocks to apex to someone new? I'm not entirely sure. It's it's necessarily going to go to shocks just because he has himself kind of admitted it's just not a role for him, right? Um, so I feel like he's kind of come to terms with that and he's not going to try to take over again. But the problem is, like, I just don't see Apex becoming like a world-class in-game leader. I think that's the biggest problem of that the team has on the horizon. And nobody else can really take it. Like, RPK is clearly a pretty quiet guy who just does whatever he's told, basically. Um, and then you literally are looking at either Shocks or... Zaiwu and fucking Zaiwu. You really don't want Zaiwu in game leading for obvious reasons. So it's just like, I, that's the biggest problem that I see this team having in the future. Just just because like realizing that Apex is not it. And then 
running into a wall because they have nobody else to take over. Okay, well, uh, let's have a little look at our last point here in the recent news. This is another big one. This one could have could have fixed uh, Vitality, right? Could have. It could have. This is Ago signing a seventh player. <laughs> Everybody was really excited about this news. Uh, that's Oscarish. I believe that's how you say his name, has been yep. added to the roster with uh, such names as Fiku, MHL, Sydney, Lehman, and then the last two you will know, Gruby and Furlan. Now, in Poland, for some reason, they think throwing all these guys in one team together and having extra members, uh, I don't know, is probably some form of motivation or some shit. Um, Kasad, you obviously practice against the, the top-level teams. We're uh, probably playing against a whole bunch of different level of teams. But are any of these Polish teams that you play in practice, if you do play them, showing any signs of life? Uh, not that I know of. Honestly. Okay. We don't really... That's a bit sad. We, we don't really play against those type of teams in scrims okay. because we have usually like four teams a day when we play, five at most, and we always look for the, for the top-tier teams, I guess. The better screams possible, but I, I don't know this this seventh player kind of signing. I, I don't get it personally. Maybe they're trying to find the best lineup possible, like to mix those seven players, see what fits the best. No, it feels to me they're just recycling the same players over and over. Yeah, that's how it looks from the outside. What what do you make of having more than five members on a roster anyway as a concept? No, I'm I'm I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Okay, because we've had discussions before on the podcast. I'm not sure who we had it with, Striker Prof. You guys maybe remember. Was, but I think it was last season, probably just the Banks was with us, I think. So yeah, we're talking about like that. multiple people, right? Like, we're talking about like train specialists, like, and you bring in the player who's going to be playing train for you. And I just don't see it. It mess up the structure, mess up the system. I, I don't think it's, it's a thing. Yeah, I, I don't think not, it's not something. Now be on the horizon anytime soon um so with the polish counter-strike prof and strike you guys got much to say about this or should we just keep it moving mm, not particularly no, it's just more I'm not, not a fan of seven thing. seven man lineups all right well let's keep it moving we'll start talking about the miners now this has got its whole own section the because funny part. the what the, the funny part. part oh the funny part fucking hell well this is this is where shit kind of gets real doesn't it um so i don't know if we want to use that graphic that's on Reddit, is it, are we going to get problems? Is Martin going to get angry at me because it's not a HLTV or graph? Actually, I don't give a fuck. All right, Lucas, I want you to bring this up. Let me send this your way. Uh, all right, so bring that graphic up. And we're going to talk about basically uh, how this all went down because we had the closed qualifiers for each of, the, each of the regions. Obviously, we had the European ones. We've had CIS. We had Americas. And we had the Asian side of things. Um, we may as well kick off with talking about do we are the, are the the smaller ones? Is there anything of worth talking about? Right, like I don't think uh, there is. No, it's just more most about the European one. I don't think anything else is. All right. Well, that, that as soon as Lucas throws this graphic, uh, throw it up on screen, and we'll just quickly get the other conversation out of the way, and then we'll we'll get stuck into the European one, so everyone can visualize this. So we'll start at the bottom there, as you can see, Renegades. Jesus, that's uh, gonna be hard too. That's all right. They can listen to me. The blue box down the bottom. Renegades order, Tiger. Uh, Fuck, I don't know that one. Tyloo, Vici, is that Lucid Dreams? Yeah, probably. And then Camel Riders. Camel Riders, <laughs> they came through. Oh, uh, Machine Gun and Zilkenberg's team was the other team. It's Malakai, Malakai. There like you that. go. Uh, that's who came through the Asian minor, so they'll all be playing in uh, in the in the qualifier coming up soon. Two teams come through from there. Uh, obviously, we have the uh, Americas minor, which is Furia, Genji, Cloud Nine, Bad News Bears, Boom. My eyes are terrible. 
Navi, uh, not Navi, Envious. Um, <laughs> I saw I saw the N and I went Navi. My brain just went to my favorite team. Um, who else we got in there? Red. Oh, we have FNX's team. And what's FNX. the other, what's the other one there? This is uh, Triumph. Okay, that's a pretty cool like logo, I guess. Team. All right, that's, yeah. a, that's a cool logo. Uh, CIS Miner. We had Spirit Gambit, Simon Gaming, uh, Fours, Hard Legion. Fuck, I don't know what these logos even are. Windstrike. There's a uh, shield unique and espada. Bloody hell! Okay, we got that shit out of the way. So two teams from the each only, of those. The only thing that's interesting about CIS is like Hellraisers didn't make it, so that's the that's the thing. Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, that's not really any surprise at this point, is it? Let's. We, we, it, is, the, it is not though. It is not. Yeah. Okay, so that team's probably dead now. Now we can focus on the European miner, and we may as well start with complexity because that story that I was telling before about this this in-game leader from Denmark and then no major and then all this shit, this ties in here because complexity, they tried three times in the open qualifiers to close for the, to, to qualify for the closed qualifier. They failed. In the midst of all that, they fucking went to blast and owned everybody, and then they still failed. But then, because this amazing move from Mad Lions happened, Complexity got the call up, and they came through, and they destroyed everybody. Wow, what 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 is going on here, Prof? Do we do is this is this an expected result? Did Complexity have such an easy time with no sleep and everything like that? I definitely wasn't like none of these teams are like super easy, as we saw from the results of like Movie Star Riders and Heretics qualifying. So even the teams that we sh we thought had no chance obviously had a chance. So and they literally did come in. I think a few hours before yeah. they came in and played the qualifier, destroyed ever. I didn't really see their matches, but but it is a is a fucking miracle run. Literally, it is a miracle. You did not qualify, then magically you get a spot, and then you fly in and you go to the major. It's it's the best it's the best story that can happen. Honestly, it's super cool. Yeah, so so for complexity to come on through here, obviously with the circumstances, that's good. It, it means that they weren't just like a one-hit wonder, and they were able to replicate it against some, some teams here. They were obviously staying ready uh, to still practicing and stuff to be able to come in and show this form because they uh, two-owed Godsent and they two-owed Sprout. Uh, Godsent actually ended up qualifying in the end. There was that uh, there was that clutch from Crystal. But let's talk about um, let's talk about the teams who who didn't make it. Um, obviously, there's some some names here that that didn't make it. Where are we? Fucking lost me page. Uh, okay, OG, so OG, OG, OG heroic big. I guess are the three big and biggest names that didn't yeah. make it. So which one out of those three are we most surprised at? Because which one are you biggest surprised at? Out of OG big and heroic not making it. Oh, well, obviously it's OG, but I'm super surprised that heroic didn't make it because they had a the last chance against Copenhagen Flames. Flames. Yeah. Well, didn't that team went to America before that and played? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. They, they also came player. back like two days ago. I mean, that that was the biggest surprise for me that they didn't manage to win that best of three. But I guess it's a Dan Danish thing, like Danish matchup. I don't know. It's it's weird, but it's the biggest surprise for me, like a negative one. Obviously, the OG didn't make it because they lost to Heretics and uh, well, the Godsend. Godsend. It was like a close match. I'm actually really happy that Godsend, Godsend made it because they have this weird team where, like, not really like you wouldn't expect them to play good because of the lineup they kind of have. Like, it's not like super, like a crazy players heavy kind of thing. Although I, I'm, I mean, I'm really it's mostly rejected. Reject if you look at it. It's Crystal, who's a, who's been rejected in Germany, fucking like four times or something. Then it's Stiko, who obviously left Mouseports. You know, was kind of 
like the I, I guess the bullied one out of that team and then you have Michael Ale who just left the Swedish scene I don't know how long ago it's just yeah. a, a team that you really wouldn't expect to do well I, I kinda, I'm so happy for them for, for that type of reason and, and obviously the the Montenegro and Serbian guy kind of managed to get himself into the minor that's the that's Madden he he's a he's a really talented player and he managed to do it all by himself nobody was there to help him nobody was there to like you know pull him like push him somewhere he just did it by himself he's a really talented player i think he's like if you look at his game he's going to be making some silly mistakes just because he's inexperienced but he's if he's like led the proper way i think he can become a really really strong player and i think this is a big thing for them playing the minor and having the chance to get to the major but og not making it kind of sucks for them as well uh, i don't know and com as far as the complexity goes i'm kind of happy they got that chance because I think they deserve that chance, even though, like, I mean, of all the other teams after the Mad Lions dropped out, I think they were supposed to be there. There was no doubt that they, they were the team that needs to be on that qualifier. And the fact about them and that I liked is, like, I talked about this with, with Chris, our manager, is, like, complexity. I mean, people are joking about this juggernaut crap thing, you know, but they actually put their money in their mouth is, you know, they went for this player and this player and this you this much money, this much money, get the best possible players they could get and just give just pay the money, you know. And I'm so happy it's paying out for them. They topped the group in, in blast. They're right now in, in minor. They have a decent chance to actually get to the top two or that playoff spot for the for the challenger stage. So yeah. Super happy about them. Okay. For for you, Striker, who was your biggest surprise or like in a good or bad way out of all these? Because obviously it was like movie well, star writers and shit come through. I mean heretics come to mind, right? That's the biggest okay. one. That's that was definitely that probably nobody saw making just because they were literally like the second perceived as the second like the second or even the worst team in the out of the bunch. Well, maybe outside of Smash, basically. Like that group of like Kova, maybe Apex, Smash and Heretics, like those four, probably nobody saw coming. Um, to to make it through. So yeah, that's a big surprise. I didn't actually see their games, uh, so it's kind of hard for me to tell how they made it. Well, actually, I saw like the ending of of the OG one, uh, but that was pretty much it. So, it's so hard just for, for me people, to... let's just let's just catch people up on the roster of this because some people may not be too familiar with it. Uh, it's got Keo in it, uh, XMS who who came and retired, and apparently now he's back. Lucky not, who... not retired anymore. Huh. I'm just saying he's not retired anymore. Oh, he yeah, just retired himself. Counter-Strike <laughs> players, unless you actually are planning on never playing Counter-Strike again, just just don't worry about saying you're retiring. Like, just save it. Uh, Lucky, who had his his time in the sun, and he's back. Uh, Maka and Jane, right? That's the roster right there. And they 2 would uh, Heroic, and they 2 would OG. So they, they 2 would two of these bigger names who didn't make it out. So they're le legit wins right there. The question is... Do they have like depth going forward? I guess we're only going to find that out with uh, with a little bit of time. So, uh, Prof, did you have anybody standing out for you, or is it pretty much same as same as striker? Yeah, definitely. OG struggled there. Like even even though I had like Godsent as one of my dark horses for this like whole minor cycle, and I still think they can do some good things. I think when just watching that OG game, OG Godsent game, the things they did, I. I, we had NBK on the show, and he said something like, ah, communication issues are overrated and stuff like that. But I think that in that game, you definitely saw communication issues when when the when the stakes are super high, how how everything goes to shit. They were losing 
4v2s because they just like lost the the bomb carrier died at a stupid position and they couldn't get the bomb and plant and stuff like that were happening like trades not really happening on time so i think that is a thing that they need to kind of overcome and just just get that experience as a team together um i i guess they, they are also a team that is even though they're not like the juggernaut meme they also have a lot of pressure on them after just a couple of good results so uh, and all of the names in the team, all of them kind of expect to be at the major. So, yeah, teams like that can can just be underwhelming uh, in, in in matches like this. I, I think the Movie Star Riders is a team, right? Who uh, who surprised everybody because they yeah. have a, just a bunch of of I guess older names. Like people would remember Alex playing for the Spaniards for years. Obviously, Lau's in there. Um, Steel from Brazil. The, the one of uh, Brazilian fame is in this team. And, and for them to come through in the fashion they did as well, like they they had a pretty good showing in this qual. They literally just lost to Spirit in like ESEA Mountain Dew League or something, but they qualified for this against tougher opponents. So there's a lot of names here who I don't think we were we were expecting to see come on through. We were, we were very adamant this was going to be clear cut uh, last yeah. time round. Now, just quickly, doubling back to that heroic point, because we can use this as we move forward, but... Um, the heroic situation, do you think them as a team was, was at all um, maybe mentally sh- mentally shaken or anything about this whole whole transfer of organization that's just gone down for them? That, just, do we, yeah? I don't know. From what I heard, this was like this transfer to, to um, Fun Plus Phoenix was so quick that I don't even know it happened at this time. Okay. Like, so I feel like I probably did. It was probably happening around that time, though. Like, it's unlikely that it just happened, like, on the 9th or whatever, like, yesterday. But, it, like, I heard it was mega quick. So, I, but yeah, sure, it probably had an effect somehow, somehow, just because they just had to deal with, with whatever changing organizations, probably signing new contracts, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know how much of an effect that can have on you unless, like, you have to travel out and have to deal with that stuff so that sort of thing like you're still going to be able to fo- be focused on the qualifier if you're if you're at home if you don't really have to do like a lot of meetings or whatever so it's hard to say like how much they actually had to focus on the on that transfer alone because it was literally just another organization you know coming in and buying an entire team as far as we know so maybe it didn't really have too much to do with them individually uh, i don't know i mean i don't i wouldn't use that as an excuse but yeah if like if you are a fan that what's the name of the org again? FPX. Phoenix. Five, FPX, yeah. FPX. If I want this team, right, and I'm in a position of heroic, I was like, yeah, you want us? Okay, that's fine. We'll negotiate everything. Everything will be fine. We just need to focus for the next two days to do this qualifier right. I don't want to talk about contracts. I don't want to talk about salaries. I don't want to talk about any single thing. I just want to focus up on these two days. Can you wait that long? Yeah, sure. Okay. Then we go in and we play, we win the qual- we win the spot, and then you deal with everything that you need to be dealing with in the next couple of days, and you go back to practice. Right? I think the problem with that is the timing, because especially if they're going to be in Flashpoint, as we assume, like that's literally starting in three days. So 48 hours can, can be managed, right? Surely. Probably, yeah. The, the major status is, is uh, the major is the thing in CS. Everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to have the stickers. Everybody wants the chance to be at the major, win the major, whatever. Right? Forty-eight hours in that conversation, it can be man- It can be done. Manager is there to help with with that, and everybody in the organ. It, it, it can be done. So I wouldn't use that as an excuse for for not managing to qualify. 
I don't know. All right. Do we expect any fallout from any of these bigger names who are unable to qualify here? Are there any of these teams who we think are going to go through roster changes because they didn't qualify for the minor? Yeah. I would I would be surprised if Heroic did, especially like if they literally yeah, just got that a bought out. New contract that'd be, be that'd be pretty that'd be pretty rough for, for for FBX to just like figure out. Okay, we bought we bought literally bought a dead team. Hello, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Other than them, not really. Well, Nordvind had a, a stand-in right because uh, Rubino uh, couldn't play. Yeah, Rubino uh, has issues. So obviously, we had Sprout in the mix there. They've they've just added Dihar and, and Oscar not that long ago. So that's still one that's that's up in the. I don't think OG hearing from the camp. That's pretty much like a long term project with the players that they have there. So I I would say that most of these teams are, are going to stay as is. I don't think we'll see anything too. It's, it's in other than Hellraisers from uh, this AS region. Yeah, things are pretty much yeah, going to stay yeah. as is. That yeah. definitely have some changes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is the matter of OG? I think if I'm OG, there is no changes that I want to make. It's like they they managed to qualify for the line uh, land finals in Blast, right? Yep. Did yep. EG and they did good there. It's fine. Okay, we had a setback in the qualifiers. It's fine. Just stay on the path. You have the the bigger picture that you need to follow. Stay on the path. Follow the process. Just keep working hard. It sucks that you're not gonna miss this, but it is what it is. Just behind you, learn from you what you can from it. And just focus on the things to come, you know, and the good things will come if you work hard and if you stay focused. It's simple as that. So I don't think anything should be changed when it comes to, for example, OG. I don't know about these other teams, but I'm just looking at these like bigger kind of names, you know. I'm just sure. also gonna gonna add something to that, which is that this major is also or like this cycle, this Europe minor is probably the last like really important one you know that we've had at least with the yeah. with the major changes that are coming up so i feel like they're not going to be like super bummed out that they didn't make it this time because it's going to be a little bit easier next time it's not as important to do really well at this major to make it to the next one and stuff like that because they don't tie it to each other that way anymore or they won't after after rio so i think that that also plays a part in and like uh how they're going to be feeling about this results all right well uh I reckon we move this on to the EPL Season 11, Group A and B discussion. Uh, we've gone through the minors. Obviously, they're coming up in, uh, well, like a month and a half or some shit. Uh, but now we can talk about Pro League. And somebody just asked in chat, because um, I, I try to make this clear so that people know this. You know, I am obviously, I, I have a side in this whole situation. I am working for ESL as a freelancer. So there you go, Mr. Badass Arctic. And we'll go back to one of the questions I saw at the start. Uh, people were wondering why on HTV.org it said to be announced or some shit for the games or rescheduled or something. Someone said, is it is it rescheduled because of coronavirus? Uh, as far as I'm aware, as of this moment right now, Pro League is still going as of the dates which have been announced to everybody. So um, nothing is nothing has changed in that regard from, from my perspective. Um, all right. So we can get talking about groups A and B uh we we guess we should get those groups up so can someone gra grab that link and shoot it to yes. lucas and we'll throw that up for everybody yeah i just did uh for those people who aren't familiar pro league has completely moved away from uh the format where everything is is region based you know we had north america we had europe we obviously had uh some stuff going down oceania uh the americas region as well um that we've moved away from that now this is just one big league um and it's got teams from all over the world competing so in groups a and groups b we'll go over group a we have astralis ents godsent nip sharks and vitality 
And in Group B, we have Complexity, Fnatic, Fours, Furia, Heroic, and Na'Vi. Now, just a quick caveat, the whole Heroic news situation, um, I'm assuming this is fresh news for, for most people. So uh, Heroic, the roster, has gone to FPX, who uh, are apparently uh, playing in the Flashpoint League. So there will be a new roster. Report. Or that's the report. Allegedly. Yeah. But, uh, but Flashpoint retweeted their shit, the, your article. So I feel like if they're retweeting you out, I don't know. That's by the way, that's kind of fucked, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I just saw that they. I think they they like tweeted your article out there. So I guess that is the, their announcement. Um, just for Group B, I assume that there will be a new roster announced for Group B in Heroic's place. Whether Heroic fields a team or whether they bring in a whole new roster, I am not sure. But those are the two groups as we that's have. That's going to be awkward for them, by the way, because there's like, who the fuck are they going to get that's going to be good enough? Because unless they get somebody like um, Copenhagen Flames, who obviously aren't, well, actually, never mind. They I think make- someone said, and I didn't verify this. I think someone someone said somewhere I was reading some comments about it. The next highest ranked team um, would be big. I should probably verify this by ESL's oh, rankings. Oh, okay. um, and then after that, I think it's Spirit. I think so. No, I big- just mean, I just mean it's probably like what the what the deal has been with ESL is that like orgs are basically like holders of the spot as long as they have like a competitive team. You know that kind of caveat was there. Uh, in the previous seasons, at least, I don't know if that's changed for this one. I assume it hasn't. It's still org based, and with that caveat that you just have to have a a good enough lineup. So, with that in mind, obviously, like heroic is gonna have is just gonna have a hard time picking up somebody new. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna be easy for them, especially uh, this last minute. By the way, it literally starts in what six days for them. Uh, they right? yeah, be March, so, March yeah. 16th. There you go. Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting one to see how this gets figured. If they bring in the new team, according to the rankings as of right now, uh, it would it would be, yeah, if I'm looking at this right, it would be Team Spirit with uh, Mia, Chopper, Idis Balance, Sundai Young, and Magix. But let's start talking with, with Group A, uh, and we'll start with Astralis. Do we expect, uh, Kassad, we'll, we'll, we'll get this one to you, do we expect Astralis to bounce back and, and, and show the form that we all started to love over 2018, 2019? Or do you think they're still going to be the beatable gods? Yeah, I think they should. I, I, I don't know. I mean, in the past, past experience, you can see them bouncing back. I think that's going to happen here as well. They don't have a tough group. All the matchups right here are good for them-ish, when you think about it. I mean, Ants is not really playing that good recently, right? Godsend is an alright team, but they cannot match Astralis. NIP is uh, for them is like up and down, and Sharks and Sharks is like I don't know anything about them. They lost their one of the best players, right? Marin to MIBR. Yeah. So I don't even know who who they got. So and then, then the last team is Vitality, which has a new player, new IGL, whole new concept of of everything that's going on. And they had like what two weeks maybe to prepare all things after the. Yeah. So I don't think them topping the group will be that problematic. So I, I think they're just gonna they're just gonna it's, do that. Thing. It's the rest of the group that's that's looking like what the fuck Scary, is gonna yeah. happen because yeah. I I really yeah, have yeah. no idea. Yeah, that's gonna be so weird. Hard. NIP should be should be there. Vitality I think should be there. I I don't know. You're and, definitely looking at NIP and Vitality, but at the same time, like with what you were saying about Vitality, like they could literally lose to any of these teams, maybe apart from Sharks, I guess. The thing about Vitality is like they can click, right? The new player can be super sharp, right? Playing, oh, I'm playing with Zaivu, you know, and I'm playing with Shocks is there and all these like people that's like Apex and all these people that are like super like, you know, look up to them. 
for the past years. And maybe he can be like super motivated, super sharp. There is Ivo, he's not gonna, you know, perform bad. So, I don't know. Vitality sh for me should be number two there, if I look at it that way. But Astralis, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I think Astralis is gonna top this group. 100%. Okay. Prof, so coming in in the other positions here, this is where it gets a little bit dicey. <laughs> now, we know that the first position goes through to play against. I don't want to butcher this. I don't want to butcher this right now. Uh, well, I guess it's a winner of another group, at yes. least. Yes. And then they qu either qualify for the semis or have to go to the oh, quarters. It's a winner of B, actually, isn't it? Because they play they play the play in right after yeah. the groups, because it should be yes. A against yes. B and then C against D. Yeah, exactly. So the likely scenario from Group A is Astralis mm -hmm. topping it. Who we think it should be it should be pretty. Oh, actually, Navi against Fnatic didn't go so well yeah. for them the first time around. Yeah, Navi Fnatic, it can be like a coin flip or something. I don't know. And Complexity could also come good in and kind of for like rough this up. It's a good matchup for Fnatic, I think. I think they like playing Navi, but it can be like tough. But Navi is like super like hyped right now in like after winning this and. It must be feeling great. And so this is going to be tough. I don't know. I would say Navi. Do you think Do you think this Navi formed Kassad? Well, we got you on the topic of them. Obviously, the level they displayed in Katowice was something phenomenal. What kind of level do you expect from them on like a frequent basis? Like, where, what, what type of team are you expecting? Not as strong as, as they were on this event. I mean, they had two close games against FaZe. You know, that game, second game in the elimination, like lower bracket. That was way too close. Navi could have ended this without playoffs, you know? And I was talking to Nico about that game, and he was, like, telling me about all these situations that happened because I, I wasn't able to watch the game because we were preparing for our own game. But it's, like, it was super close, and they could have ended up without, like, having making the playoffs. But in the future, I expect high level for them because I see Electronic is, like, beasting it up, you know? The, the 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 things that he does on the on the actual map and of course simple is simple best player in the world no doubt but electronic is like really close you know is the things that he does for them is unbelievable also boomich is there like i see him like you know be more like loose free to do his own things especially like ct banana you know stuff like that and he's also creating a lot of space and then obviously flamey is uh is a player that can explode in any any kind of map but yeah I think they will be able to be on the on the very high level for the next few months. Okay, so striker oh, serious team right now, definitely. Okay, yeah, I I I think uh, just that that level of performance they put in there with that short amount of practice with Perfecto is what I put a lot of like stock in. Right, is that they continue to grow as a team here, but obviously take heroic out of the mix, striker. Is your top three in this group clear cut, or do you think it's going to be it's going to be a bit dicey? I feel like the thing is like complexity obviously aren't established enough to to just come in and, and like claim that third spot. They're definitely going to be in the running for it. Uh, that's that's for sure. I feel like they they could even be on, in a running for like a top two, um, like if they go up against somebody like Fnatic or something. I feel like they they will have a good chance. It's a pretty good stylistically a uh, matchup stylistically for them. Even Navi, but obviously. Like it's hard to see them beating Navi if if the kind of Navi that we saw in Karavita turn up, like it's that would be fucking impossible probably. Um, but I could see it stylistically working out for them pretty well against both Matic and, and Navi. The problem is I feel like Furia could definitely um, yep. rough this up and and uh, probably with complexity be in the running for the third spot. 
Fours, uh, fours for me is a weird one just because of what we've seen from them so far. Um, and they haven't had too much time to actually get back on, on track because they've, what was it, Anaheim just happened like, what, two a week ago or something? Um, and they didn't really do well there. So, uh, yeah, unless they, they just made strides since then, I don't see them um, being very good. But at the same time, it's like you literally you literally play against everybody. So you get a lot of play time. You get a lot of time to to kind of fix what's happening because you play across like almost two weeks. But I feel like it also depends on when they play like the right teams, you know. If they play them at the end when they've been able to to fix their mistakes, maybe if they play like Complexity and Furia like towards the end of the um, end of the group, I could see them beating them. But uh, towards the start, if, if they haven't really improved from from Anaheim, probably not. Uh, I can see I can see like a three way type of thing where like Furia beats Complexity and Complexity yeah. beats Force and Force beat whatever Furia, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I it can easily happen because those teams are like the way they're playing and there's also CIS style of CS, you know, running everywhere and then Furia doing the similar thing on Brazilian way, you know, and it's like very skilled players in that team. It's an incredibly brawly group yeah, it's, overall. It's, it's going to be crazy, right? And I can see that three-way type of thing for that third spot. That's a massive brawl for that one because obviously Fnatic are very like uh, stable team. Navi is very hot right now and I mean, when I say Fnatic is a stable team, I mean the last five months and ever since they got golden and they they, they won the DreamHack Masters, they have been like performing really high, high level playoffs, semis, finals, whatever. And I can see them easily being top two, Navi, of course. And then the third spot is going to be a massive role, especially if big team like big gets into against well, instead of heroic. So it can be like really nasty there. Yeah. All right, so we're not going to show you guys Group C and Group D at the moment because they will take place, uh, I think it's like six weeks, or seven days. from now or something. Yeah, like so the season will kick off. You go all through Group A and all through Group B. Uh, it's Everybody plays everybody, and it's all best of three. So there's going to be a lot of matches of Counter-Strike coming up. Um, I, I guess like a lot of this is just I wanted speculate. to get uh, Kassad's thoughts on the on the format though. Like, okay. how is how do you think this is going to play out for you guys, especially being there so long? How is like how do you work as a team being, to be being, being, on point? Being on, a, being on a some way somewhere where we're like out of home or we don't have a base, it's just a normal thing for us. We're spending a month in the hotel or three weeks or something. It's nothing new, so we're used to it. So we don't have issues with that. The format is pretty much. Perfect, in my opinion. I love it. The fact that you have playing one best of three and then you have a day off to prepare for the next game. You can just set up. There is no rush for you to like go through the vetoes, prepare your pick, prepare like their possible pick, go through the game plan, just prepare correctly. You don't have to have a full day of practice and just mindlessly play CS. You can just use that day to just prepare for the very next game and just play the next game. On the next day, one best of three is just enough. And then you move on to the very next day and then it's perfect. When you, but the, in the actual format, like three three teams going through, it's I don't know. I, I it's it's not the it's not the worst. It's not the best. But let's say I like it. Let's, let's just say that. <laughs> I think one of the, but, the yeah go prof. No, I just wanted to say like from what you said, then this format could really play into the hands of like more tactical, more preparation style teams versus teams that are kind of more brawly and stuff like that because you have even maybe sometimes two days to prepare for your opponent and that that just plays into teams that can anti-strat can do all of these things can find like these uh small 
small things to exploit in the, in in your opposition, right? It's that, also, that could be something to think about. It's also why Astralis is just yeah, is just bound to top that group. It's just because when it, whenever they failed, it was usually at the blast events and stuff like that, where they literally didn't have time to do that and to prepare for specific op opponents every time. So like for them for them to to get that opportunity for this, the, the, there's literally no way they don't make it through. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Okay. Do we have anything else we want to jump on here with Pro League, or do we want to move into uh, the Flashpoint discussion? Not unless you want to put down like want predictions, to do our, our predictions or whatever for the yeah. top threes. Yeah, we'll check back in when we come into when we come okay. into the groups. And uh, so, Lucas, can you bring back up that graphic again for us right now? So we're going to lock Astralis definitely for Group A, and I think we were. No, we can agree on that for sure. Yeah, the the Group B one's a little bit more difficult, right? I, but let's just have a vote here. Who thinks Navi? Prof? I'll go Fnatic. Okay. I know, Kasad, okay. you said Navi, right? Navi, yeah. Striker? I say Navi too. Yeah, I'm going to go Navi as well. So, topping Group B is going to be Navi. So, we could get Astralis versus Navi again pretty soon if, if we're right. Uh, let's do two and three from Group A. So, who do we have? You lead this one, Striker. Who do you reckon the, the next two teams after Astralis and Group A? I do think it's going to be Vitality, even though like they could, yeah, it's just up in the air, like what what kind of form they're going to turn up in. But I think what Kassad said regarding like you know, um, fuck, I forgot his name. Misuta. Yeah, there you go, Misuta. Um, depends on how he comes in and like how quickly he 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 acclimates to this um, and everything like that. Like Apex, how 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 well he's actually going to be in game leading. But at the same time, like this is a fresh lineup, like you know, new blood, and that also kind of springs up a team. Um, you know, makes them look a little bit different. They they are a little bit more focused. You know, uh, it's just that tends to do pretty well for a team, uh, at least early on, like the honeymoon period and stuff like that. So I feel like they're going to do okay. So I'd say two for Vitality. Did you want a third one for me too, or? Yeah, who you got is your third. Uh, it's pretty hard. Right? I'm gonna go with Nib just because they've also, they've always been this team who are like pretty good against like the lower end of the scale, and they're just having a hard time against the better teams. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Nib. So Prof, yeah, that's annoyingly correct. Okay, you. I was gonna ask. You're with him there. But I, you... like I, I I have a good feeling about about Godson still. Uh, I have to shout out to my boy Stiko. Like the way he was playing. In the qualifier was fucking insane. Not insane, like simple insane, but just like the pure aim, like performance, getting the kills that you shouldn't get. It was pretty sick to watch. So I'm still hoping for them to to upset. I think we all gave up on on ends though. That is, we can't we can't do anything about that. Yeah, Kassad, we've, no, we've... You, you literally can't can't really predict them to do any any well after after what we've seen in the past six months. So yeah, so Kassad, there's certain teams who who after some long periods of bad performances i kind of like just like blacklist from talking about on the show do you have anything positive to say about ants uh yeah i mean they had a lot of time to fix their shit right i mean in, it, in theory what was the last event they played they lost the dreamhack open they that didn't the they? that's not that, that that long ago actually I mean, yeah i mean when was that like three weeks ago two, two weeks ago now yeah okay or like Even a little bit over. That's if they just. But they came two, last, I think. But they lost to MIBR and then lost to. Well, let me check. Genji, I think it was. Yeah. 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 yeah it's and they even had like a massive lead against Genji. Genji. Genji is a pretty decent team. They lost to MIBR. You can never count out MIBR in those kind of matchups, you know. And I, I don't think they did that bad, even though they went out last. But I think they had enough time, without any distractions without any bullshit, just 
see what went wrong, what is wrong, what we need to like improve, what are the things that we're doing good that we can just do them good again, and obviously fix the, the bad stuff. Uh, but I would expect them to be decent. I don't know if they're going to go through the group in like a second or the third, but I wouldn't just count them out and just like, yeah, and then they have no chance. But definitely that will be a contender for the third spot with NIP, I guess. I guess Vitality should be second one, and then the, the NIP ends battle should be should be for the third spot. All third right, spot. so we'll, we'll whack in Astralis, Vitality, and then NIP. Uh, and, and we'll see how that one folds on out. And then with Group B, we've definitely said Navi. We we locked, we said Fnatic second, right? And yeah, then it was I'm complexity. Sure it makes the most sense. It could be a three-way tie for that third spot. So let's just pick a name here. Does anybody here feel strongly about one of those three names that we know of in Group B right now? Obviously, something could get I, changed. I, I support mm. the complexity thing, especially with uh, with time off and the anti-shredding they did at Blast and stuff like that. That makes sense. Someone said it in chat. I copied their opinion on this one, though. Okay, well, well, fuck it. We'll leave it there. We'll go uh, Navi, Fnatic, Complexity, and we'll move on to Flashpoint shit. All right, so Flashpoint, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you if you missed it, there's an article which HLTV.org just put up. So I'm going to be quoting some shit from that for everybody. Um, if you haven't been keeping up with Flashpoint, they have uh, just announced... Uh, well, is this a still allegedly? I, I don't know if it's alleged. I, Duncan's do retweeted mean? this and so have, so have the Flashpoint I mean, account. We can, yeah, we can, basically, we can basically expect this to, to happen, yeah. Okay, so the key part here... Um, the, this is taken from your website. Uh, Flashpoint has not yet announced the names. The last three teams will be competing in the league. According to recent reports, Chinese organization Fun Plus Phoenix, FPX, they just won the last League of Legends World Finals over G2, uh, have signed the uh, heroic, heroic roster yeah. and are joining as a partner. While invites have been handed out to Chaos and Harvu, both of who are in attendance at the recent global qualifier. Uh, so that would bring the teams who qualified uh up to so i guess there's four teams who came through qualification i guess if you look at it that way yeah or less right. big in this scenario chaos Havel, if that's that's how how it so pans out if if it is those teams that were all the teams who were in the in the top four ladies and yeah. gentlemen the qualifier so they've kind of just trickled it down in that way um so that would make the ross the 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 12 uh, 12 teams who have their mad lions genji big mibr contact cloud nine orglas dignitas envy FPX, Harvu, and then uh, Chaos. So that, that's the 12 teams that they've got there. And they just announced their schedule, um, which you guys can find if you head over to HLTV. I actually didn't TV. Have seen that yet, but it's pretty much what we've heard before. I it know, just, like, there are yeah, a lot of Q&As. Just matches. Yeah, so it doesn't have, it doesn't have uh, who's facing who, right? So, so that's kind of catching us up to speed with, with this league. And I don't know... If you have obviously, Kasad, you would have been involved in some conversations and things when all of this was going down between selecting the leagues. Do you have have much of an opinion on this whole flashpoint stuff? Uh, I mean, I understand the thing that they're trying to accomplish here. Right now, the first season, honestly, the first season doesn't look as competitive. You look at the teams, right? The strongest teams, in my opinion, here would be MIBR, obviously, and I guess Genji, right? No, Mad Lions. Yeah. Well, Mad Lions. Mad Lions. Not because of the because of the change. Yeah, that's a hard one to know, right? I still think Genji is the be the second best team there. I don't know. By the way, they were playing in the lineup. The lineup they have, I, I really like it. Genji lineup. Yeah, I I I really do like it. And bringing in B and Ted was the kind of kind of 
jackpot. Like, this was the right move to do. I was just wondering who is going to grab Bian Ted first, just because he needs to be out. He needs to be out of Asia. He needs to be out. Like, he needs to go into Europe. He needs to be go to America. And then Genji did the right move. And like I said, it not... wasn't there like at one point like some talks about Renegades getting him, but like way way back. Yeah, the thing was that was in 2017, maybe. Yeah, 17 or 18 April, maybe. I don't remember. It oh, was... it was before Jacob, no? Yeah, it was 2018. Sorry. Yeah. So the the the, the thing what happened was that we were in negotiations with Tyloo to get uh, B and Ted. And he was willing to come to to play with us, and then we were willing, obviously, to get him. But I, I I'm not sure because I, I don't I really am not sure if I think that was like some sort of like you know negotiations didn't didn't go through because of the too high buyout for for B and Ted, and I I don't know if Renegades wanted to pay or not, and there was some sort of like uh, visa issues with like that needed to be waited for like few months, and we didn't simply have the time to do it, so. It kind of fell through. The, then we, we got Jacob and well, you know the rest. But yeah, B and Ted was is supposed to be somewhere else than Tyloo long time ago, and I'm super happy about him. So he can actually be in a, in a good team, and they they have an, like a good in-game leader. They have a then the team is there automatic. To, he's experienced such a such a such a big player that I respect so much, and obviously Som is a new new kind of newcomer in 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 and a possible like a one of the biggest talents there right now and kusta is obviously i don't know how he fits in that like whole structure thing but not not really my my problem but i i like it i i like the their lineup right now and i think they're the second but maybe even the best team right now there you know but in overall, it's pretty funny, you know. Looking back, maybe like a week, or a couple of weeks ago, before they had that Anaheim uh, victory, like saying Genji is the best team out of Flashpoint would have been kind of funny. Yeah, I, I think they're really strong. I think they can play some. We pretty screamed them a few times. They showed some some decent things. You know, they're not just running around like noobs or something. You know, they were just they were like decent team, and they showed it on 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 the Dreamhack they won. Yeah. And I think they're 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 pretty decent. Obviously, Dignitas. With this lineup, I don't know because Halzerk, I watched that guy in the in the qualifier and he's, he's a monster. Absolutely amazing. He's sick. The, the 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 moves that he's making, the decision that he's making, he's he's really good. Now that he's not be able to play, he's gonna be able to play. I don't know how Guardian fits in that that role. I don't know the the mindset of Guardian right now because like you know he needs to go for five six weeks. I know he's married and I know he's like dropped out of. Of kind of competitive CS for uh, for some time, so I don't know about his motivation, mindset, and everything, and how he's gonna fit in that. Into that, obviously he's off or an op, but I don't know how is that gonna look like. Yeah. Other than that I it, the the league itself, the first season, I'm not saying they they probably have like what three years or something planned or five. I don't even know. I don't think we know even. I'm, I'm not I even sure we know five. Whatever it is, the first season doesn't look at at as competitive right now as if you compare it to ESL obviously but I don't think that they're gonna do that bad I I think people are just like I don't know I, I feel that they're gonna be decent it's not gonna but be not gonna be the worst there's some decent fan bases right like there's obviously yeah. gonna be a lot of fans of the old NIP guys under the Dignitas banner and yeah. the Brazilians yeah. always gonna bring a lot with MIBR yeah. you've got all of Germany with Big there uh, Mad Lions probably get themselves a little bit of a cult following uh, I don't know about yeah. after this Hunden move, but you know. So, in, in terms of the I league itself, as well, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, big names. They're gonna have some viewership, I guess. 
you know. Just time zone might suck a little bit for them being in LA. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we see when we see the schedule, it's pretty good for for Europe, so it doesn't really. I don't see that as a big problem. Yeah. We have games like early. six and nine, which is honestly very good. Yeah. It's it's a it's a curious one, right? Because so I think what what was kind of being from from the camp from the spokespeople, obviously Duncan doing the creative director stuff, um, like stuff that they've been saying like about this, you know, that they can just buy these better teams. Like FPX is probably the the talking point here, the main talking point of this whole situation that they've been able to come on in, just grab a roster, right? Because they weren't in Counter Strike at all until this moment. Come on in, grab a roster, and then just have get themselves. In what in this league they're going to have a competitive team, right? I'm curious how many other orgs that aren't in Counter Strike at the moment would have that kind of money to make those moves. And it's an interesting one to to make that choice, right? Because you have to look at it from the business side of things. It's one of two things. FPX have, have either come in and gone, we want to be part of Flashpoint, which I would assume is the most likely one, and then we have to get a team, or they've come on in and decided we want to be part of Counter Strike and then made a conscious decision to be part of flashpoint right because if they just picked up heroic uh, like I, I know what you said before striker about pro league and i'm not certain on this stuff here i'm talking out of my ass here for a second but you said that pro league is the the teams right what you said that pro uh, league. no it's the, the orgs uh, i was thinking about that what you said that might have been the case in the past when all of the teams had slots like as all of the orgs had slots yeah right. But now we only have the the member teams in the ESL Pro League. And the I other don't think Heroic teams, is one of them, were they? Uh, they no, are no, no. one of the like non non partner team, non member teams. So maybe they maybe it isn't down to Heroic. Maybe it was the players that that had the slot. So I'm I'm really not sure how how that works. Yeah, it's right hard now. to say without like having a. I don't think it was even mentioned. Like any any of this was was ever mentioned. So it's hard to say without you know knowing the the rules on this and how that's changed. I mean. We know how they how they worked before the rules. Yeah. Like if this was season eight, definitely heroic had the spot if they could field the appropriate roster of like similar level, which is just a made up term so that ESL can decide whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. But still, it makes kind of sense. You can't really put me and striker in a team and put us in pro league. Unfortunately, would be fun. Look, baby. So, okay, never mind. <laughs> Uh, this is this is where striker says he once competed no no no, 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 no. i was gonna say no what i was gonna say is maybe if you put us put us in flashpoint <laughs> maybe but yeah that is uh that is it what are we talking about again uh yeah i think what striker said when we were talking earlier it's off the before the stream it's kind of interesting that how how many big orgs we have in cs nowadays with like fun plus phoenix coming in like Hundred Thieves, uh, Mad Lions with all of their stuff. Like almost every big org is in CS right now, even though it was like CS is dying. So that's kind of fun as well. Honestly, like with FPX coming into CSGO, like we are also like entering this area where more of these Asian organizations could come in and just like grab actually European rosters or North American ones. Like Escape, well, T1 they're called now, and who, by the way, got Brax just like, I don't know, yesterday or something. Yeah. Um, th those those guys could easily come into CS:GO as well because they probably have a lot of money from from like their their league um, venture and stuff like that. So like that opens up a whole new world to to CS:GO as well. Even though they've obviously already been like in it with like organizations like I don't know eHome and and those kind of guys who have like Chinese rosters at this point. But maybe they decide okay, China, Chinese CS is just not it, and we want to get a, a an actually good team. So could be could be more like that coming into. 
save some visa issues, especially with most of the competition going yeah. down in the states and stuff as well. But I, I think that um, unfortunately, it, like we are, I, I think we're going to continue to see a growth of players like playing Counter Strike all the, uh, at once. And and unfortunately, I think like from what uh, the rumors on the street were, this year was looking like it was going to be pretty good for for Asian Counter Strike, especially stuff going on in China now because of the coronavirus situation everywhere is getting shut down and, and and definitely China would be on that list of places that are going to be affected quite heavily because of this. So it kind of sucks from that perspective. Um, but so do we have with this Flashpoint news, do we have any anything else that sticks out here from what was just announced? Did you guys take a look at the schedule or anything? Uh, well, the schedule is just literally like for, for the first two best of three weeks, a day. it's just two best of threes a day. But one, uh, one day is like three or two days is like three best of threes. But still, the schedule is actually very good. They've definitely made an effort to uh, to make it very watchable for European fans. Honestly, this looks like a European competition. It's literally the same times that we had for like Blast. I think it's actually the exact same times, or like very close to the same times we had for Blast Premiere, which was in the UK. So it's like it's honestly pretty great that they've made it. Uh, it makes sense from from a business perspective. Obviously, they want the um, the European fans to um, to get in on the action. So. Props to them. So I think that's a good a good point to note. They can do like regular business hours as well, right? Because obviously that's going to be earlier in the day for them. They don't have to worry about like for the people there on site, they play during the day, all those little bits and pieces out of the way. Uh, Prof, you got anything else on Flashpoint? Um, Let's pick a winner Envy maybe. Just, Envy just got flown out to LA in a private jet. Thoughts? Really? Uh, they, they have a lot of money. You, you see that building that Kazan's sitting in right now? Yeah, that building's worth a shitload of money. the The co owner of a hundred thieves is the owner of the Cash App, who also is some massive dude over at Twitter. So, uh, money grows on trees, apparently in esports. That guy's like real rich, like fucking proper rich, right? I don't even know the guy's name, um, but he's got a lot of money. All right, let's go to playtime, Lucas. Let's play this. All right, so uh, we might be talking about fried chicken in a second. Uh, so basically, we've gotten to the end of the show. Kassad has to go to practice very shortly. So we're going to kind of wrap this up uh, probably a little bit earlier than normal. But we're going to go with some questions that may have come in. We did some stuff on Instagram. I have a good one from Instagram uh, right. for Kassad. It says, right. what is it like being Slovakian and being <laughs> with Australian guys? That was one of the questions. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty good, you know. Close enough. Close I mean, enough. Same flag. flag. Pretty, pretty. Whoever asked that, I think maybe you go back to school a little bit more and then come back. Okay. Well, yeah. it was I, close. I had this. I had this discussion with an Australian guy once who claimed that the Croatian and Serbian flag are like almost the same or the same flags, and then he was also upset that I couldn't differentiate the New Zealand. And the Australian flag, <laughs> which are literally the same with like one star that is red oh, instead sorry. of being white. That, I think the outline of the which stars. Which is the dumbest thing ever. I think it's the outline of the stars are a different color. But that's not a point. That's not a oh, point. Oh, outline as well. We're very, in Australia, we don't really teach us about the rest of the world. Uh, we kind of just worry about our little island, Southeast Asia, because we always go to Bali. And occasionally we give a fuck about what's going on in America and everything we learn about Europe is about World War II, um, and that's about it. 
So, you know, we don't, re- we I don't think, really get uh, too much I think a good question... It's not exactly the question, but there was the question was about Nexa and like other people from the from the regional scene. I guess Nexa doing well as an in-game leader and someone that you add as a as a player for a short period of time in, in Renegades. So talking about his progression and his work here in G2, like are you surprised that he is really no. embracing the in-game leader role? I'm not surprised that he is doing so well. He has always been massively talented person back in the 2017 when i just joined renegade at one point they asked me like what were the two two players that you would like you know recommend and i said immediately next and hunter right so we wanted to like kind of get them both at some point but it was not not possible and then we just brought next as you remember in 2017 and he was there for three months but the whole our whole team was like in a in a big state of like mess that point like there was a lot of things going on and nexa nexa I mean, wasn't like didn't really fit in very well and then i i think i i blame myself a little bit more for not like not like helping him a little bit more i think i could i could have done more for him in those three months than i did and then at the end we just we just parted ways you know and he understood completely what was going on and he was agreeing it but I I'm, think it was a little bit fucked that that he was the in-game leader like at the time yeah, like that that yeah, really yeah. wasn't a great call. He is definitely capable of doing it. I mean, you can see he can call, he can he can kill people. He's a very stable, consistent player, you know. He is delivering and I'm so happy to see it. Especially after he got like after we kind of parted ways in 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 Renegades, he bounced back in that team with uh, Esperanto and then Imperial, yeah. And they they switched to to Crazy and they had a massive success. And he kind of earned it. He earned his spot in G two, and he's like, he's he's doing a really good job. Him and Hunter too. All right, so let's do like a couple of hot take things. Let's get your opinion on. I have like a either. question. I have a good question yeah. before right. you do before you do that. So a question is about players becoming in game leaders because this is something that you tried to do with uh, with Nexa, but at the time, obviously, you said how, how it worked out. But Aza is a player that was never considered in game leader, and then with at least from the outsider perspective we we say with Kassad's help he became like a good in-game leader and that's not like the only i think that is kind of a pattern that is following like maybe glaive was was a decent in-game leader but at the same time not at the level he was when he came into astralis and worked with uh, zonic and there's a couple of these examples of like a good coach working with a player that becomes an in-game leader so how do you how do you see that development and can that happen with like almost any player he has the right like support and stuff like that i think i think the hybrid igls are becoming a thing they have been in the past year too you can see nitro he was on an igl right and glaive i mean yeah. he was a kind of semi-igl in heroic when snappy was there right am i, am I correct well snappy uh, was the main in-game leader yeah yeah he was like yeah, a yeah. and then he transitioned i glaive transitioned into a with the help of zonic obviously and the right moves they made, he transitioned to the best IGL of all times, together with Poland, you know. Um, like I said, hybrid in-game leaders, they can that can work if you have like a proper player with a proper coach. You know, they need to be on the same kind of same page all the time. They need to the player needs to understand the game at to some degree, and then the coach needs to help him develop that on that the knowledge that he has and the skill that he has to become an IGL. I think it's 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 not a bad thing. It's it's a it's a it's a trend now, and it has been in 2019. 
So it, it, it's a pretty good thing. You can see Nexa as well. You know, Nexa, yeah. Nitro, you have Aaron in our team, Azure. I mean, all there's these... one more. There's one more obvious one that you're missing, which is Nico and my K. So what do you oh, what yeah. do you think about that combination? Yeah, I mean, Nico is back in my was in Mouse Sports in 2016. I mean, you, you you need to understand when you have Nico in your team, that's something special. When you see him talk about the game, when you see him play the game, that's something absolutely you you cannot understand that until you are actually in a team with him. You know. And him becoming IGL, I still don't. I still believe that maybe he's a little bit better as a actual player that can roam around, do his thing, and he can do more things than being an IGL. But he is doing a, a good job. I remember back in Mouse Sports when he was IGL too. He was doing a, a pretty good job together with me. Like we were working together to some point, and it was a short time, like three, four months. But uh, I I liked it back then, and I like it now. So it's like what four years ago. So I think it could have worked then. It's working now. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a thing now. Do you think that there's a disconnect between like a top player like Nico being the in-game leader and trying to like explain his ideas to someone that is not on the same level? Like, is there kind of a, a different way of thinking that uh, just like a good player cannot really? Maybe understand can be on the same page with uh, with a guy like Nico when he's leading. Like I said, it's it's a matter of delivering. You know, how do you deliver that information? It's like like I said, the I think most of the players can learn on these high level tier teams. I they can learn if you deliver it properly. Like I said, some some people will need to be, you know, easy. You need to like you need to show them videos. You need to show them like graphics. You need to show them all that kind of shit so they can learn. Somebody needs to be just explained. Somebody needs to be write down on a piece of paper. Somebody needs to be yelled at, you know, so he can understand the authority. He can understand like you know the discipline, all of those things. It can. It, you just need to understand who is like what type of player and what works on which player, you know, because you cannot go and yell at some some player that he's just gonna tell you like what the fuck is he doing, you know? Like, Somewhere, like, Dev Devil Walk is smiling. You know, and it, it, it's just a matter of delivering the information and delivering the, the, the knowledge or whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you know. I think most of the players can learn. I think it, because it's not like a super complicated thing playing CS, you know. Uh, it's pretty hard. I, I wasn't very good at it, so it's going to be kind of kind of difficult. Um, <laughs> Kassad, we're going to throw some, yeah. some quick fire questions out here before we wrap this one up. I just want to get your general take. It can be just short answers you can go long you do whatever you want here on some some big ticket items that we've been discussing uh over this year so prof or strike if anything comes to your mind after i'm throwing these things out there throw one in all right the economy yes or no uh it's it's not the best yet i think it can be a little bit adjusted it's some starting money bonus like in those first rounds like 1.9k i think that can be some work that can be done there but uh other than that, it's fine. I, I don't have. I don't mind it. It allows the creek. <sighs> Okay, so at the beginning, I like the whole idea. Obviously, you're changing the meta. Something else is happening. There's not like fucking stupid AKs just everywhere and just all the same shit. Uh, I like the idea of Krieg, but I think it's time to move on. Okay. Uh, what? The subtle, subtle way of saying fuck off. <laughs> Now it's time to move on. I liked it. There was that time. There was a time with an Og. There is a time with a Krieg. You know. I agree. I agree. It's probably I like, I like what it did to CS at at the time, but obviously, like, that that has to be adjusted. 
It's probably too like soon, some, right? Something different, something different. And I'm I'm 100% sure something different will come up soonish, you know, yeah. not five minutes. What was the time frame, Striker, after they adjusted the price last on the org and what? then they adjusted? Um, there was like a three-month period? Yeah, something like that. So we We're have definitely past it. We're definitely We're past, past it? it, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So you'd hope something happens soon, uh, especially with the major, obviously, starting to kick on through. All right, the schedule, Kassad. Off. Schedule off. Anything. The year, the, the calendar, the travel. This year, is it, it better or worse? Better. What are you feeling? It's better? Definitely better. Um, I like, I mean, the scheduling is, is... Right now, the problem is this Flashpoint Pro League type of thing that can, like, overlap in some situation. I was looking at the schedule for whole year, and there is some sort of October kind of problems. It's I'm very messy with. there at the moment, yep. Yeah, yeah, so I think that needs to be cleaned up. So far, I actually like it because you can see like for example for us that are playing group c and d and even the group a and b it's fine so you finished one of the biggest events of the year which is kato right and then you have two weeks off two weeks to reset two weeks to fix your shit two weeks to like improve and and keep doing the good things and just go into the next event there is no excuses oh i had to you know just there was no time to prepare we had to do this and this and that it has two weeks, you can do your thing, and you can go into the next event. For us that are playing group C and D, it's even better, right? And then after that happens, there is a period of, what, a month or something for the major? Yeah, there's obviously the minors are going on and stuff for some of the teams. But for yeah, some of the teams, but not all of them. Because that, that, those, those teams, some of those teams, most of those teams on the minors, they didn't play Kato, right? They didn't play yeah. the league. So they have no scheduling conflicts, but... For the rest of the teams that are like already in the challenger and the legends stage so we have just enough time after the pro league ends which is like what april 11th to sit down for three weeks four weeks and get our things done and show up on a major without any excuses of like oh we had no time to practice and we had to fly we didn't have to do this and that so there is perfect amount of time to go there and be ready for it and when you fail you cannot say anything because you just play bad or somebody played better or whatever but if you win you know why you win because you you know why you won because you prepared and you had time to do it i don't know about that after what happens but uh, like i said from the whole schedule for the whole year there is a mess in october ish type of period i think that needs to be fixed so so for 2020 i think it's, it's pretty good all right uh booths suck <laughs> Suck. Okay, interesting. Boots suck. Okay, why? Elaborate for us. Because I we we love the we love the momentum, we love the crowd, we love the yells. You know, it's just such a good feeling when you're sitting there and you hear a frag, and you see a frag, and the crowd explodes. You see a clutch or something, the crowd explodes. It gives you so, it, it gives you like memories. You know, it. Yeah. it, it I don't know. It's it's so good. But in the booth in Starlighter Berlin, uh, we had boots obviously and. The, the arena was packed, it was full in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, it was full. We couldn't hear anything. It was still, it was still good, but not as in Kato the, the same year when you like walk out down, you sit down in the open area and you can just see them. You can see the opposite team like right across you and then you can see the, the crowd just exploding after every frag, cheering, you know, it's just a special feeling. I would always pick no boot over boot. Because... You can also enjoy it more than the, than any of the players just because you don't have a monitor in front of you. You actually stand up and, and see the crowd all the time. Some helps. Suck. What, what okay. sucks? 
Boots. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So um, I'm going to get do, Prof Strike. Do you guys have anything here? I'm going to give him one more and then we're going to wrap her up. I can't, can't think of anything. All right. Valve. How, are you, how do you think Valve are doing with our game, Kassad? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're they are doing all right. Not the best, but not the worst. You know, I think they can be more involved in some things. But I think they're trying. I think they're trying. They're not like, yeah, who gives a fuck about this game, you know. But it can be better. Let's just say that. Go play that most recent what? co-op mission. I actually had fun. I, had, I actually had fun playing it. You wouldn't believe it. It was a co-op I think, mission. I, I, think, I, think, I think they are all right. I don't think it's, it's the worst. It can always be better, but it's not the worst. Okay, so basically my life. Uh, all right, Kassad, the floor is yours. Is there anything you want to say, any sponsor shout-outs you want to have, anything to anybody in the community, you want to isolate someone, you want to call someone a bad name, this is your time. <laughs> no, I mean, I just like, obviously, I want to thank 100 Tips for providing all this for us. I mean, uh, I can't explain right now the, the, the whole vibe around this org. You know, when you walk into this office, in the uh, office compound, sorry, nobody's going to get mad <laughs> right there. You but, mean the, the 100 Thieves Cash App compound? Please use the you, you full name. See, yeah, Cash App compound. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So when you walk in there during the work days, you know, you can see all the people happy. To be wow. It's, it's, <laughs> on top of that, they have the, they have the, like, the, the best people hired in every area of whatever that they're doing, you know, just elite people. And that's something that's mind blowing. As far as, the, like, there is no pressure. They're not, like, result-based, you know, type of org. They're not passive-aggressive. There is nothing about that. It's all, they're always supportive from day one. And we entered, they was always supportive of us. So I, I just, I just want to say thanks to them once again. And it, it has been amazing so far, you know. All right. Well, cool. Thank well, you Chad, very much. Chad, I yeah. think uh, you should go and uh, get a job at Hundred Thieves. Since everyone's happy there, maybe I'm, you can finally find your happiness. Look, I, I, I'm trying. You know, I don't know if I'm doing enough shilling, like live on air in front of 100,000 people. Um, but remember, it's 100 thieves, not 100 thieves. It's grammatically incorrect, but that's what they want to be called. And they've got really cool clothing, which is known as apparel, not merchandise. So fucking check that shit out. And or if you drops. head over... Yeah, you, yeah. Look, all I'm saying is go to anchor.fm slash HLTV to have all the audio podcasts that we've been doing. The Twitter is uh, twitter.com slash HLTV confirmed. Uh, what else we got going on there? Uh, the sh next show, we haven't planned a date yet because I'll be at Pro League. We need to kind of work out a day that we'll be doing bits and pieces. Uh, well, basically, we're hoping to make to make one between the groups. Yes, we'll see if we can make that happen. It means maybe I, I just mean, have there to is no between the night. groups. There are no break Well, yeah, so but I was just like at some those... point... Yeah, but less pack days. We'll work yeah. it out. We'll probably be while some matches are on, but you guys can tune on in and have us in the background. Obviously, fantasy will be up for all these things. If you want to buy uh, the hatredtv.org shirt, uh, you can go down yeah. the bottom of the hatredtv.org website, and there's yes. the shirt right there. Uh, Martin will be happy with that. Anyway, this has been a longer buy, and uh, yeah, I don't have anything positive to say today. So, so just everybody try and practice to do a handstand. That's what I did. Goodbye.